obviously a lot is uncertain right now, but one thing is sure, and it's that cancer isn't going to stop just because there's a global crisis going on. So on Saturday, June 13th, the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society will host a trailblazing event, Big Virtual Climb, sponsored by AbbVie, to support their investment in groundbreaking research to advance blood cancer cures and its first-in-class patient education and services, including financial support and clinical trial navigation. Step up to take cancer down by climbing 61 floors or 1,762 steps. Inside or outside, on stairs, on the road, on your treadmill, climb your way. Join us for an opening ceremony and then take on your climb with our heart-pumping playlist. Join us on June 13th from coast to coast as we come together to climb, conquer, cure. Register at lls.org slash bigclimb. Hey folks, welcome into On to Waveland. It's the Chicago Cubs podcast here at The Athletic. I feel like I've got to mention here at the top, we're recording on Friday. Um, Unfortunately, uh, because of the ongoing pandemic and the shutdown of sports and the impact it has had on, well, I mean, a number of industries, but certainly the media and sports media industry is uh, heavily impacted, I can say from personal experience too. Very, it's a tough time. And um, that that reached us here at The Athletic. Um, Unfortunately, there's some folks that were, uh, let go, uh, some salary cuts. Um, there's reporting out there uh, that you can see on it, but I mention it now because I wanted to say um, that our producer, Adam, uh, unfortunately was let go as part of that process and just wanted to say that he is uh, you know, fantastic at what he does, such a nice guy, so flexible and helpful through this process. And obviously not only uh, hope that uh, he lands on his feet, but also just to mention it uh, to the listeners that, uh, you know, if you're in this space at all and you want to, to, to reach out or help or, I mean, you can, you can find Adam on Twitter. We, we have each uh, recently quote tweeted him. So you'd be able to find him if you want to help out in some way. So, um, you know, much love to you, Adam. We will miss you and and hope that uh, whatever comes next is fantastic for you. So, okay, dispensing with that at the top, turning to baseball, uh, which, you know, it occurs to me as I say that, like one of these times, and we know this more now than perhaps even the last time we recorded, one of these times, I'm going to be able to set us up and we are going to talk about like a baseball thing that is happening. It's not today, not today, mind you, that there's this is actual a baseball thing happening. I don't want to uh, create any unrealistic expectations. <laughs> Let's not go crazy. But uh, one of these times, it's going to be like, hey, the, the pitchers and catchers just reported again. Or, oh, hey, do you remember you, Darvish, working on his fastball? Do, do you guys feel that, by the way, that you're going to have to, like, completely re-immerse yourself to be like, oh, shit, what were all the storylines in spring training? Like, to, I don't know, I feel like I've lost a ton of that stuff. Is that just me? I think I need to figure out a way to get my headspace back to that place where, I mean, I, I think I can pick up, like I, I think Patrick and I have been, uh, you know, checking up enough on, on what we had written before and, and we have a pretty good feel of what the storylines were, but by just 
getting back to that headspace of the day-to-day grind of covering baseball, it, it came, it comes secondhand, I feel like a lot, but also it, it's, this is more than just coming back from the off season, you know? So I don't know how, how it'll feel and how, how quickly I'll adjust. I, you know, we'll do it for our jobs, but it's going to be interesting to see just mentally how, how it feels to do that again when, whenever it does happen. Cause you're right. Yeah. That's, there's, it's just an odd feeling to even think about, Oh, we're going to be able to talk about baseball again sometime, maybe someday in the near ish future. Yeah, I mean, Brad, just to echo what you said off the top uh, in terms of Adam, a a great dude, uh, extremely professional, flexible, funny, uh, really good instincts uh, in the space, wishing the best for him. And I think whether it's our company or the Cubs are pretty much, you know, there's no business that's been immune to this. And I kind of, you know, have gone back to something Someone from the Cubs said to me a while ago of like, you know, at some point we need some good news and, you know, you can, they can have all these uh, different plans. We can get caught up in the, the TikTok of the labor negotiations, but I do think, you know, kind of maybe beneath the surface here, um, maybe on what is not being said in statements released uh, to the media that maybe there is some uh, progress here. I liked what you wrote on Bleacher Nation, just the kind of idea of bracketing and that maybe they're not really quite as far apart uh, as we thought. And then the, I love this one because it brought me back to some of your crazy trade deadline uh, blogathon days of the... <laughs> Oh, remember those? I'm not saying, I'm not even just saying, I'm just pointing it out that Ian Happ and the compound crew are on their way to Chicago. So, well, that's the thing is like, I I do realize, so I I have done this long enough now and, and I've done it long enough now within the social space that like, I can be a little tongue in cheek, but I actually do also have to be sincere if I sort of signal boost something like that and give it the wink i have to make sure to tell people like no 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 seriously i'm not i'm not actually saying for sure that like these guys are coming back to chicago because it's happening uh because man you can you can make some uncomfortable waves uh for players you do that but uh but yes it is it is i'm just saying strictly speaking it is true that ian ian hap did put out into the world that he and the compound boys are on a road trip back to Chicago right now from Arizona. And if I'm saying, if we were in a situation where a spring training part two were going to begin say next week or the next week, and you happen to be living in Arizona, well, then you might want to start heading to Chicago. Now that's all I'm saying. I'm not the, the there are hundreds of dots between those that you must connect yourself folks. Um, but no, this but, is like um, hug watch. Yeah. Yeah, this, it's it, well, it's like we need something like that. Yeah, what should, what should we call it? Report watch or um, uh, socially oh, distanced hug Remember watch? Flight or socially yes. distanced like elbow yeah. bump watch? I don't know. <laughs> well, I know that's someone did mention that to me. They're like, oh no, hug watch is like not going to be a thing. There is no, there's, you can't hug. 
And I, of course, my nihilistic response was, dude, there's not even going to be a trade deadline, so shut the hell up. Uh, so actually, that does transition us well to what we wanted to talk about today, which is that, um, okay, for folks who aren't following the TikTok back and forth that Patrick mentioned, which, by the way, I thought you were referencing the popular social media platform among the youth. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea what that TikTok. is. Yeah. <laughs> I so uh, owing to a Twitter bet, I had to make <laughs> to one that. of those recently. Like I, it was, I yeah, it was glorious. I had, yeah, so I had I had to learn the dance, or you know, literally fifteen seconds of of that. Um, what is it even? Blinded by the lights dance from the weekend, and it literally took me an hour and a half to learn this fifteen <laughs> seconds, and it's. <laughs> and then actually creating that 15 second tick to, I, I felt like the oldest damn person in the world. I'm like, click it on there. I'm like, how do you just, I can't slow this thing down. How do you get the audio on here? Um, oh man. So it, you know, for that 15 seconds of shame, it took me an hour and a half, but okay. So let's circle back. We're having some fun here. It, uh, uh, about TikTok, but the TikTok back and forth that we are referencing is these this I don't know the strategic leaks of negotiation slash fighting slash we don't really know what's going on behind closed doors between the players and owners, and you'd like to have thought uh, you know at last check we know that the owners had essentially said hey we are willing to do you know an eighty two ish game season if you guys take some additional cuts beyond prorating. And the players had said, well, we're willing to do 114 games at full pro rating. And that is very, very far apart. Let's be clear. But if you know for certain that two sides in a negotiation have set their outer boundaries, then there are strategies like what Patrick referenced bracketing that you can use to shrink that gap precipitously without either side losing any ground. You know, it's essentially I will come into this point if you agree to come into this point and you sort of shrink that gap. And so it's possible, maybe even probable that a process like that has been happening over the course of this week. Um, but a lot of the focus has been on this um, going back to the March agreement that essentially the players have taken the position that compensation has already been decided and they are due full prorated pay for however many games are played. Um, and they are not going to bend from that, at least according to a statement from Tony Clark this week, that they are unified in that it's full prorated pay or bust. Well, the owners have responded to that with a, their own or bust, which, by the way, just, just the hallmarks of a really good faith negotiation is like two sides spilling out into the media saying, sorry, we will absolutely not negotiate this point. We will not negotiate this point. Um, but that's baseball in the last 10 years of negotiations. So the owners have said, fine, if you're going by that agreement, uh, you are saying that uh, you won't play for less than full prorated, fine. But in that same agreement, we have the unilateral right to say what the length of the season is going to be. Now, that's a little debatable because there's some good faith language in there about trying to, you know, play a reasonable length of season. But the owners have taken that tack and essentially the reports out there that it might be as few as 48 games. Um, again, you'd think if the owners are on board for 48 games at full prorated and the players would like, well, realistically it's 82, but they, you know, they asked for 114. Um, you'd think you could just negotiate up from 50 and get yourself a, a reasonable length of season, but um, that's not how these things go. And so it is entirely possible now that um, 
we're going to have a situation. Well, Andy Martino just uh, SNY just reported today that the players, if if the owners unilaterally use that right to say, okay, boom, it's going to be a 48 game season. It's starting August, whatever, and that's it. The players will report and they will play and they will do that. Um, won't be a strike situation. Um, honestly, that was my concern. Um, so that's good because that means that assuming that the health component can still be solved, there will be baseball this year. But if it comes to that, it's like, how much celebrating can we do that like, hooray, baseball's back. It's going to be 48 games and they sides couldn't come to an agreement. So they both hate each other. And like, it's going to be this ridiculous short farce of a season. I don't know. Is it, I, I feel like it's taken a lot of the, the wind out of my sails of, and it's not that they can't come to an agreement. Like, that's still very much on the table. And indeed, by the time you listen to this, it's possible they will have negotiated up from 48 games. But that's kind of the low point that we are at right now. And I don't know. I had mixed feelings when I was reviewing that report. That Like, okay, baseball's going to happen. But there's still a chance that it's going to be just absurdly short. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's it's one of those things that we'll have to wrap our minds around if it actually happens. Uh, anything, you know, in that 50 game range seems really low. Uh, you know, that's bare, that's not even two months of the season we're talking about. I mean, just think about what happens in a 50 game stretches. It's not, I know we're dealing with small sample anyways. It's going to be a reduced season no matter what. We're not getting a normal baseball season. We've all accepted that, but woof. 50 games would be rough. 48 games, that's that's really short season. That doesn't tell us much about baseball. We know how baseball works. We've watched a lot of baseball. That's not going to tell us uh, much about the teams uh, across the league. So that's it, it would well, be a little frustrating clear, if that's how it's – yeah. I was just going to say, just to clarify too, because I think this provides additional context – I haven't seen anyone say this explicitly, so I will. The reason that 48 game thing is being bounced around, I suspect, is because you'd be talking about um, maybe just trying to play 12 games against each of the other teams in your division. That's it. That's your entire season is just 12 games against each of your divisional opponents. And that decides the division. It's crazy. Crazy for baseball. Yeah. Okay. I hadn't seen that. And that's... That's really, yeah, I, I mean, I, that doesn't sound like a great compromise in my eyes. Uh, obviously, I think all of us would, anyone would just take any form of baseball, but it, it's really watered down in that sense. I think what's interesting is we've seen what the, the, the owners have kind of staked their, this is what we're willing to lose. We know that number as far as uh then as as far as what they're openly negotiating right now we know what they've stated we can see that they've we've kind of uh, many of these numbers are kind of agreed upon as far as what they're making per game what they'd lose per game whatever it is uh it, and i and now we have more of a concrete number in that sense as far as here's uh what they're willing to do is there any bend with the players as far as accepting 100% you know uh, pro prorated uh uh salaries i i'm not sure if there should be i understand why they're kind of digging in their heels here they feel like that's been agreed upon already and the fact that it, let, let's face it the past 20 years of uh, kind of harmony between uh, between owners and players 
who's been doing much of the giving it's it's really been the players uh, you know a lot of it has been <laughs> we've talked about this plenty but the players are the ones that have budged and i i did like the fact i i have like to see that there's there seems to be more unity among the players publicly of course there are some that aren't you know want to you know probably want to bend a little bit in different areas but publicly we've seen more unity lately that's that's a good sign for the players sticking together for the future of the game in my opinion uh i don't know what a compromise may end up looking like i thought jeff passan had had some good ideas uh, out there on uh today uh but hopefully there's some sort of middle ground here that makes sense financially uh and obviously i think we the three of us tend to agree that the owners are the ones that should be bending a little bit more especially when you really think about what they're losing for per team for the year i mean we're talking about you know back-end starters and then we can start the debate all over well Dom Ricketts hasn't been willing to to spend five million for you know a, a starting second baseman like Eric Sogard or something like that right that, that those guys are Alex Claudio was too rich for their blood a, a year ago so uh you know I, I understand that we're, we're talking about uh teams that love to cry poor uh but but they're never they're never talking about oh well we made this much more over profit over what we expected so here's uh, uh bonuses for all the players or anything like that i that's that's where my i really come back to it the last dance documentary has brought up the ongoing debate that no one will ever win is michael jordan the goat or is lebron the goat well one thing we do know for sure is manscaped is the goat for men's grooming It's the only men's brand dedicated to below-the-waist grooming and hygiene. And that's important because you don't want any snags or anything bad like that happening. They have ceramic blade and skin-safe technology, uh, so it will design your own triangle offense down under. Manscaped is forever changing the grooming game with their Perfect Package 3.0 Essentials Kit. It comes with a cordless body trimmer. It is water-resistant. Uh, performance boxer briefs come as well as well as a travel bag for you to use when you're done quarantining so get 20 percent off and free shipping with the code the athletic at manscaped.com that's 20 percent off with free shipping at manscaped.com use code the athletic it's also interesting too when you look at these ownership portfolios that are always opaque uh, but we do know that they include regional sports networks, which are hurting right now and obviously would love more uh, inventory uh, than not. And obviously, we haven't seen any sort of uniform policy across the country in terms of how to you know, deal with this stuff. And you've already had the governor of Texas coming out saying that I believe pro stadiums could operate at 50 percent capacity already um so while the cubs have kind of hoped for september and i don't know if that's going to happen you could already see a path to where a team like the rangers or the astros can maybe begin to recoup some of those losses that were you know ownership um is already claiming so on the one hand you do have that possible second wave that i think there's a legitimate fear of that 
and what that would do for the huge money makers uh, in in October, you know, an expanded uh, playoff field. But I don't know. The situation you know seems to change day to day. That I'd be surprised that uh, owners would want to box themselves into like a you know 40, 50 game season uh, at this point. Yeah, I think you. I mean. I don't know. I, I recently wrote that I'm going to get out of the prognosticating business. Uh, you know, when we this this whole process is so opaque to us, um, so I won't make any projections. Only to say that um, I think that everyone at least recognizes that it is that there's a longer term financial interest in trying to come to a deal that um, isn't the mandated 48 game idea because for one thing um even in that situation so the players do not have to assent to an expanded postseason the postseason at that point would just be uh governed by the cba which is the standard postseason that we're aware of uh so there's lost revenue right there um and furthermore um the idea that the owners would mandate that and then perhaps uh, you know, if the season didn't start till August, like you said, Mooney, there are states already contemplating significant crowd sizes. What if they mandate this short season and then it's like, oh, actually, we can have fans. Sorry, we didn't really incur losses at all. Um, I'd like to believe that there are business people involved in these teams that would recognize that effectively cheating their fans out of half of a season for what proved to be no reason at all would engender some additional um, frustration going forward for a sport that we've talked about is already struggling with declines in its fandom. So it just seems like smart business to come to an agreement that that isn't going to be this this mandated deal. But um, yeah, like I said, that's that's sort of the minimum that's on the table right now, and it wouldn't shock me if we you know get back with you guys next Monday or Tuesday and it's like okay doom doom there's the deal it's a 70 game season owners are prorating players are going to defer some salary the owners get their expanded postseason uh etc etc um but it also wouldn't surprise me given the tenor of these things that it it winds up next week and it's like nope still don't have a deal still just figuring things out because the the real tricky part of the ability to mandate a 48 game season is it provides uh major league baseball's side of the negotiation more time you know they can say "Eh, we could sit out june no big deal because uh it only takes us a couple months to get in a 48 game season in august and september which frankly because of the fan related uh in the stands part they might want to wait anyway so we watch this stuff closely right now because we're all kind of hopeful and thinking that a season can start july 1 but if uh players aren't recamping by i don't know end of next week it's like it's just impossible to see and so even as we know like okay yeah baseball is going to come back it still seems like the, the there's this idea that they both can have you know their finger on the button and, and really threaten each other with significant um issues even as there seems now to be an agreement that like okay there's a version of the season that's going to happen yeah, and I guess this has always been the issue with the idea of soft deadlines, and we've we talked about June first as a soft deadline that's come and uh, come and gone. And there's 
a soft deadline is no deadline because the way negotiations work, there's more pressure when there's a hard deadline. When you say once we hit this point, we it doesn't matter if we extend. There's there's no extension here. We can't keep talking. Once we hit midnight on this day, we're done. So you feel the pressure. It's just like a trade deadline, right? You you can't. It, you have to get a deal done and and that's why there's a flurry of moves right at the last minute because people feel that pressure and it's like okay time to do it we have to do something whether it's the perfect scenario or not this is the deal we're doing uh that that doesn't exist right now and you're right with that extra time that that thought process of oh well we can mandate this 48 game season it, it really does leave that this gray area where we keep saying, well, this is a critical next few days. And then those few days pass by and it's like, well, there's no nothing has been reached. Uh, maybe some progress has been made slightly. And, you know, I, I assume there's a lot of, uh, you know, back and forth in the media as far as, you know, they're they're playing hardball and, and uh, releasing what they want to release uh, gamesmanship aspect of this. Uh, but it doesn't see, you know, it's hard to kind of see the progress uh, publicly, but hopefully there's more behind the scenes than what what, you know, is being released for the most part. I, you know, I, I just it just seems like the, the players have been willing to make some concessions. The fact that they're willing to agree to expanded playoffs, the fact that, you know, hey, let's market this game better. Mic us up, you know, come do do whatever you need to where we're willing to do more. Uh, you mandate a season, you lose out, lose out on all that. You lose out on expanded playoffs, not this this year, but they were willing to do it next year. Uh, they were willing to do deferments. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of little things that the players have been willing to do that's come out publicly that makes a lot of sense. Uh, deferrals, you know, aren't ideal, but if if that's something that's on the table, if we could if we could find a scenario where it's 80ish games uh, with with more deferrals in place, I you know that I think is something that I understand why the owners would resist. But that if that doesn't bother fans, I don't know what will really. Because if you're if if they're willing to do significant deferrals and the and ownership isn't willing to do that, I'd have to think that fans would would be in an uproar about that. There there there's so much money in the few unless you know if if baseball isn't making money years from now, we, we have bigger things to worry about. Right. So if, if you're unwilling to do that, I mean, just, just think about when, if there's some sort of normalcy that returns in the next couple of years, Wrigleyville is going to be a money-making place for the Ricketts. Once again, I mean, they own that majority of that neighborhood there. That's a, it's hard to, I, I know it's hard to predict what the future is going to look like, but in all likelihood, that they still have a lot of money to make in that neighborhood and with that team. Uh, it just seems really short-sighted to not be willing to make some concessions here. Most people who listen to On to Waveland are in and around Chicago. What better way to promote your business than through our show? Our listeners are loyal and engaged, just like you. What better way to advertise your business than on your favorite podcast? To advertise on Onto Waveland, just go to www.theathletic.com slash podcast ads. There you can fill out a very simple form and we'll get back to you right away. So go to www.theathletic.com slash podcast ads, P-O-D-C-A-S-T-A-D-S today. 
Yeah, I'll end with a, another. I'm not saying, I'm just saying, or however Brett had trademarked it. I mean, you have the draft coming up uh, next week, what was going to be kind of like a showcase event with the rest of the sports calendar <clears throat> wiped out. And I do wonder if that maybe compels you know, some people on the ownership side to maybe get a deal done. So that's not upstage or obvious timing elements involved in all that. This that would also kind of push them forward if they wanted something, uh, an opening day around July 4th. But, you know, some of these executives are going to have to come out from, you know, their bunkers and they can't really kind of no comment, uh, you know, during the draft. And (laughs) I'd imagine there'd be, I mean, Manfred's going to be on TV, you know, announcing all these names, right? I mean, you'd think that he'd want to have some sort of clarity by then. You also have, uh, you know, just in Chicago, places in Wrigleyville opening up, um, even if it's just kind of limited on an outdoor basis. And I think you'd want to, uh, you know, maybe get your customers used to kind of like this new normal and the idea of you know kind of wiping out 2020 at least is off the table and you know, maybe you want to get um some more games uh in there i think you can kind of at this point maybe see a path towards a compromise that was a lot harder to see if you were just kind of looking at twitter of the the dueling uh, official statements released to the media yeah i think that nails it that even even in a world that we accept okay the doomsday scenario of 2020 entirely being canceled, let's say that's off the table, that doesn't mean that there aren't still costs being incurred every day, that there isn't a deal done because you're you're missing that opportunity to make preparations, to use the draft as a spotlight to engender hype for your sport, uh, you know, to be this singular focus that, oh yeah, we're going to be back and here's when it's coming back and here's how your, um, you know, productions can can prepare in advance for that or if, or if it's Wrigleyville like what's that going to look like it just feels like there's a lot of positive value that's available right now that will not be available if a deal isn't done you know in the next week or certainly not before a season is mandated to be very short so we'll leave it there um you know I'm hopeful I am uh, I am hopeful that one of these days like I said, we won't have baseball yet to discuss, but I can't wait to intro one of these podcasts and be like, okay, the deal is done. Can you imagine the fun that uh, basketball podcast hosts had this week when they got to say, basketball is coming back, baby. I bet they were really excited. We're going to be like, all right, well, baseball's coming back. They, everybody hates each other, and it's a terrible <laughs> deal, and they're cursing each other out, but uh, I guess it's coming back. Like that's the other thing. That's another cost. Can I say that's another cost? Like this, you're you you want to maximize the excitement associated with the return of your sport. Damn it! <laughs> like you know, come on. Like there there's value in that that's going to be lost. So at least for me, you will you will lose the Brett Taylor hype machine, and I am great <laughs> at hyping. Okay, I am an amazing hype factory. If you get me excited, and so. I don't know. So maybe something happens over the weekend that I'm going to get uh, at least about baseball. It's it's a particularly hard time to get hyped in general, but at least about baseball. Give me give me something to get hyped about. So we'll be back at you uh, early next week. Again, want to wish the best to Adam 
love you, buddy, and hope that what comes next is fantastic. Thank you all for listening. Uh, that is Sahadev Sharma and Patrick Mooney. I didn't intro us. This, I just realized that this whole episode. That's Sahadev Sharma and Patrick Mooney. They write at The <laughs> Athletic. Uh, I'm Brett Taylor. I write at Bleacher Nation. And we appreciate you listening. Give us those lovely five-star reviews and comments. You know, I checked our... I don't know if you guys checked on iTunes. We're only at like a 4.7. You know, there, there have been some, we've got some, we got some work to do. So maybe, maybe, maybe you give us a five star folks. Uh, all right. I just, I just totally invited a whole bunch of one star reviews. Didn't I? Uh, anyway, we'll be back next week. Talk to you guys soon. Bye.